It's Pet Chat on 2NURFM. If you have any questions, you can give us a call on 49216216. And we've got Bill on the line. And he's got issues with his dog eating grass. Is that right, Bill? Uh, Hello, how are you going? Very well. I'll just turn the wireless down, mate. Okay. Very important thing to do, otherwise we get lots of feedback, don't we? Mm, not the feedback we're after. No, not grass. Sorry about that. <laughs> That's okay. What sort of a dog is it, Bill? It's uh, Jack Russell. Yep. And I've had this for years, and uh, it gets greedy at times, as we all do. Yep. But uh, I've got a mile of grass in my around my house. Yep. But I won't look at that. I take it down the road in the paddock, yep. and it sniffs around, and there's a certain type of grass that loves to eat, chews it up, and within three hours or so, its tummy's better, and it eats. Now, is, the question is, is it uh, something in the grass, a chemical, or... Just upset us. How does it work? Well, we, there's a couple of different theories, and when there's a few theories, you know that we really don't know. So first theory is it could be worms, so you worm your dog out a bit more regularly, and that's cause of irritation from the worms in the stomach, making them want to eat the grass, usually to make them throw up. The other choice is that they've got an irritable bowel-type situation where the bowel is a bit runny, then a bit solid, then runny and solid. That you can try some um, probiotics by mouth, probiotic yogurt or capsules from the chemist. In my opinion, after doing behaviour for 20 years and being a vet for 35 years, I think it's to do with anxiety. The more animals I see with anxiety, whether it's separation or noise issues or generalised anxiety, the more often they will eat grass. And yes, you're very right, Bill. They do not eat the grass that's in their own yard. They prefer to eat a grass that's outside, usually a longer type grass. And often it has just, yeah, either more aroma to it. I'm not, I really don't know. Um, and often they, yeah, sometimes they'll bring it back up. Sometimes you'll see the grass coming through in the droppings and you know that they've had a bit of an episode. So... I would, yeah, try and look at ways of certainly being a Jack Russell dog. They are very excitable. They need to have lots of energy burnt off. You need to have a good expression for their behaviour. So lots of different toys. In fact, name 10 different toys. And that uses their brain as well as their body to go and get those particular toys. Um, do you have any other dogs there, Bill? No, only the one. I had a poodle before years ago, and that yep. was the same problem. Same thing. Special grass. Yeah, Poodles also are a little bit um, sensitive um, uh, and, and once again, very intelligent. So they can have those issues. Plus, they can be, a, you know, just go off their food a bit. As you said, the Jack Russell does sometimes. Yeah. Same as us. Yeah, you feel a bit off, but you don't quite get the full, full virus or, or flu bug. But, yeah. yeah, you feel a bit better after you've... Yeah, there's no actual chemical in the grass or something that not that we better. not that we know of at this point in time but certainly there's lots of um, scientific evidence for animals self-medicating um, gorillas horses cattle they will eat particular types of of plants elephants eating a particular type of mud that has a a, a good mineral in it that helps them um, bone growth i think it was but yeah, it's one of those things that we're really not sure about. So when I do know, Bill, I'll let you know. <laughs> Thanks, Bill. Have a good day. You too. And we've got Carol, and she wants to know a bit about those behavioural animals. Yeah, hi. Um, I have a problem with a poodle. Now, last year, um, the old poodle died, um, and now, after, after she died, I had to feed, hand feed the seven, he's nearly eight, 
eight-year-old poodle. And now he will only eat if I put food on the floor. He won't eat out of the bowl. He seems to be terrified of the bowl. And he also, um, he won't eat off paper. He just eats off the floor. Um, is there anything I can do? Um, certainly animals do go through grieving after they've lo- lost a housemate, either animal or person. That grieving can take various forms. They can be off their food. They can um, feign sleep. They can pretend they're sleeping. They can go a bit silly and run around the yard barking, carrying on. Sometimes, depending on the relationship between the older dog and the one that's still there, it they actually will get a new lease on life. So if the older one was bullying the younger one, perhaps, then they think, oh, I can be my normal self. And, and you get this whole new personality of the animal coming through. Okay. But certainly hand Very feeding, <laughs> yeah, the hand feeding is a real problem because it gets them into bad habits. So animals, yeah, no, I'm not hand feeding him now. I, I, just I off the floor. The food out onto the floor and say, yeah. go for it. Yeah, and that's not, um, a, not a major issue with dry food. Um, you just toss it around. I usually say to people, scatter some food on the grass out the back or on, a, on the lino in the kitchen or whatever so they can wander around to find it rather than just scoffing yeah. it out of the bowl. You can yeah. also get puzzle feeders. The problem with those is if he's not happy about the bowl or paper, then that may be too much for him. But yeah. the other thing is to feed multiple times a day. So instead of just one main meal, is just put little bits down three times a day. Um, okay. Try and do a little bit of play and excitement beforehand. Um, and then they can have a bit of a drink. Then often they will want to eat after that. Um, so, and... Yeah, don't pander too much because the problem with that is you end up creating a rod for your own back. So Yeah, no, no I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah, they can certainly end up yeah saying, oh, no, I don't like that food. And the people go out and they have 20 different un- partly open packets of food in the cupboard and that doesn't help anyone. So putting it out, if they don't eat it after 10 to 15 minutes, pick it up, put it away again and then put it out again um, another couple of hours down the track. So... Certainly at eight-year-old, it would be good to have a, a senior diet that the poodle yeah, should no, be on. Yeah, no, he's on a senior diet, yeah. Excellent. Just helps their diet, yeah. kidneys, heart, legs, brain um, to be, yeah, better um, furnished with nutrition and, and get toxins away, that sort of thing. So, okay. yeah, there's no quick fixes. You can try some garlic or chicken salt on the food, but not too much. Or you can try rubbing a bit of peanut butter or something tasty, around it and see if see how they go with that. Alright, I'll give that a whirl. Okay, thanks okay. Carol. You Thank have a you great day. Much. You too, bye bye. I might try those tips for myself. <laughs> the, Put a bit of chicken salt on top. Yeah, well the peanut butter, but I found a new one, cashew butter. Oh, is that nice. If you haven't tasted it before, it's really good. Cashew <laughs> butter. Right. Yeah. Even good on apples. Yeah. <laughs> like peanut butter and apple. Oh okay. Didn't mm-hmm. you have did you have celery and peanut yeah. butter one? Yeah. yeah, celery yeah. and peanut butter. Mm-hmm. What about lettuce and sugar? Yes. yes. <laughs> I've never heard of that before. Lettuce <laughs> and sugar. We're a little bit older than you, that's why. <laughs> that's the old days, you yes. know. When 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 you know sorry. When times were tough. That's it. <laughs> We've got Leanne now from East Maitland. Let's get back on topic. And sorry, she yep. has a question about a lab that was bitten by a dog when on a leash when younger now has trouble seeing other dogs. How can we help you, Leanne? Uh, hi. When, when the lab was about six months old, a, a little dog on a lead um, bit her quite badly. And um, 
and while she's very friendly with a dog that's off a lead, as soon as one approaches her on a lead now, she will attack that dog, um, which means we can't even get, we can't, if you go to an off lead, like the beach or something like that, you know, up, you know some people still have their dogs on a lead. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's just a real shame because she's such a friendly dog to any dog that's off a lead. She wants to be their best friend, but as um, soon as that lead comes out, she's um, very aggressive. Yeah, it means that they they have a lifelong memory. They really do learn from those experiences. If it yeah. was a smaller dog, she's yeah. the, the dog. The lab will be more reactive to smaller dogs. Yep, yep, yep. Um, but it can be any dog. They generalise that to oh, that happened. That was associated with a lead and a person and being close. Um, I guess I have to confess, I'm not a huge fan of off lead areas. There is so much bullying that happens. So much. Um, learning the wrong sort of social skills so if there's four or five other dogs then i think a dog can cope over that it just gets to be too difficult for them to be actually run around and find and understand and work with the other dogs that are there so i would tend to if the lab is okay with other dogs off lead i would tend to have a few friends that have dogs and and find a spot where there's not any other dogs there and then gradually try and help it to feel comfortable, relaxed, settled and pay with treat rewards when the other dogs are approaching known dogs that are not going to be reactive and that will help hopefully the Labrador to adjust. But they don't need to play with lots of other dogs to survive. You are their family and they can usually be okay um, with playing with you and, and... and um, yeah, inter- interacting and relating with you. So, if you can steer clear of those unknown, uncertain off-lead areas, and there are a few around Newcastle that are known for a bit of silliness happening. So, um, take it really slowly and gradually, and don't um, yeah let her be too overwhelmed. Because the more overwhelmed she is, the more difficult it is to learn. The yeah. more the more relaxed we are, the more we're able to learn good things. Okay. Thanks, Thank Leanne. Have a good day. Cheers, Leanne. It is a pet chat. If you have any questions, 49216216. And we've got Rod from the Garden Suburb. And his dog's got pancreas problems. Rod, Rod. how can I help you? Yeah, good day, mate. How you going? Good. My uh, smallest dog, we had a crook, and she went down to vet there just before Chrissy, and they said she had a pancreas problem. Yep. Uh, get rid of fat, etc. which we've done. I mean, she, talk about silent withdrawal from smackos overnight, and you killed them. Yeah, yeah. I've got her on a, a diet of lean, uh, lean beef, lean chicken mince, uh, rice, brown rice, and vegetables, and it's all cooked up in a, either beef and or chicken stock at the time. Yep. That seems to be doing the job. I just want to sort of get a confirmation that it does the job. Um, the important thing about pancreas disease is that the more irritated the pancreas gets, and it's a little gland that sits on the front of the small intestine just after the stomach, it produces enzymes that helps to digest the major food groups. And so it can be once they've had an attack, that gland is a little bit more irritated or inflamed or reactive, if you like. So very important to keep the, the fat at a very low level as much as you can. There are special um, proprietary dry foods that will help. The other thing you might do is use um, probiotics, which again gets a better um, biomass, the bacteria that are in the bowel that help to, if you like, digest the food. But if it's yeah, lean beef, rice and veggies, then yeah, that's reasonable. The difficulty with that is sometimes it may be a bit vitamin deficient in a few areas. 
but if she seems to be going along well, that's good. The other thing is to keep her pretty lean as well. Don't let her... What sort of a dog is it? Uh, I think the, the reference is an Aberdeen Terrier. Oh, okay. If I call her a Turner, I won't tell you what I mean by that. It's an <laughs> Aberdeen Terrier. <laughs> so, yeah, and, and keep her as lean as possible. The problem is that if you've got other dogs, they also will have to be on a similar diet, otherwise you're going to get some rivalry and jealousy No, they're all issues. on exactly the same diet. That's what I meant. When yeah, cold turkey, cold, so to speak. Cold <laughs> as overnight, but it's definitely all of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and just watch out the rivalry between animals. There's always office politics. It's sometimes underlying. But the more you watch animals, the more you learn to read their body language, the more you will see. And really, it is quite fascinating how they manipulate each other and stick their backsides at each other and all sorts oh, of interesting yeah. things like that. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, yeah. that sounds fine, Rod. So keep up the good okay. work, and but be very cautious and careful of no titbits falling off the table. Will do, mate. Thanks very much. Thanks, Rod. And we've got Norm from Swansea, and he's got peewee birds always flying into his windows. Hello. How are you going, Norm? That doesn't That's sound good. good. No, they've been doing it for a while. And yeah. They've, they've just had young, but uh, young ones, and they've uh, they just sit on the fence and fly into mine and the neighbours' windows, both sides. Um, they think this sort of a problem is to do with territory and so they are seeing another bird on the fence out, um, through the window reflecting back at them and so they're trying to um, get it out of their territory. So you can um, try and put some covering across the window, plants or sometimes hanging a CD or something that just reflects the light in different ways that masks um, that or you can have a, a bird feeder that's a bit off to the side of the window, so it actually goes off towards the side and doesn't see its reflection in the window. The problem is the more they get into that habit, the worse it can get. The, also, the other thing is to just put uh, some shade cloth or um, fly screen just across the outside of the window and that masks the reflection. Uh, and, it, yeah, it's hard enough training... Um, birds in a, ca in a cage or in um, known birds. So rather than training wild birds, that's a bit trickier. But, yeah, particular breed of bird, you think, Norm? Sorry? A particular breed or type or species of bird? Yeah, it's uh, they're just uh, like the little peewees, like um, smaller magpies. Yes, yeah, like the white and black ones, yeah. 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 yeah, they just continually do it from sun up to sundown. Oh, really? So, yeah, you need to put in some partial barriers so they're not as likely to... Yeah. To... On that, Dr Bob, I actually had a similar thing with magpies, yep. and I, I used the CDs on some fishing line, and that yep. worked really well in my situation, yep. just hanging them in front of the window, and that reflecting, reflective, um, you know, sort of colour from the, the CDs worked. Yeah, just oh, to right distract on. them, yeah, is the main no thing. Worries. Yeah. Uh, Okie dokie. Hope that helps, Norm. Much. Have a good day. You too. I Thanks. hope you didn't use any bad CDs. Well, no, oh. hopefully you did use bad CDs. <laughs> I think it was Gloria. No, no, you wouldn't have done that to poor Gloria, would you? We've got Bill from Swansea now, and he's got eye problems with his Border Collie. What's happening there, Bill? Yeah, well, um, I've got an Australian Collie. He was diagnosed with diabetes back in December. Yep. And uh, two nights ago, we had the big storm. We, we usually let him in because of the, uh, he uh, doesn't like the thunder and lightning. And um, so I think he's bumping into everything. Uh, and I've checked his eyes. He's got cataracts. Yep. So they've happened over, over possibly two nights. Um, is there any other way of, um, like, 
getting rid of the cataracts without surgery at all? Not really, no. Unfortunately, diabetes changes the um, glucose, the sugar supply to the actual mm. lens and that predisposes them to do that. Poodles especially are likely to do that. Um, surgery, as you've probably talked to your local vet about, uh, about is, is quite expensive. Yeah. It is um, really worthwhile if you can do it, but there's no other ways of helping with older dogs getting night blindness, um, uh, they you make sure you turn a light on when they go outside to the toilet. Yep. In storms, the border collie's already panicking, so it's already at a heightened state of arousal, and it yep. means that it rushes and does things. Sort of like me this morning when I tripped over the bed and wanged in, banged into the door. Um, yeah. So we tend to rush things too much and not be able to actually, yeah, do yeah. things sensibly. But yeah, um, there's no other um, ways of, of doing it apart from surgery. There's no chemicals or... Okay. He seems thing. okay during the day. Yeah. And uh, so as you say, night, night blindness is what it gets him. That's no. it. And the cataract occupies most of the front vision of the eye and they've got to learn to look around the cataract. Yes. And that's when their pupils are dilating. They can do it, but it is a learning thing. So oh, right. perhaps, yeah, some short walks along the footpath in the evening to see if that will help him to learn that he has a disability and how to manage that disability. Okay. So thanks, thanks for your information. Thank thanks, you. Bill. Bye. Cheers. Bye-bye. No worries, Bill. It's Pet Chat on 2NURFM. Any questions? 49216216. We've got Ross from Hamilton and looking at resettling a cat. How are you Hello. going there, Ros? Yep. Hi, good. Um, I've got two cats. I've, I've got a Siamese who's about 11. Um, she had a, a friend who was a Devon Rex that was 16 and died last year of heart failure. Yeah. Um, the, the Siamese became very attached to me, lots of, lots of attention, slept with me, talked to me nonstop, became quite problematic with her affection. I've recently purchased another kitten, another Devon Rex. Um, absolute chaos now. They yes. hate each other. Yeah. I think I think the Siamese is depressed. She she hides. She's nasty. She won't come near me. The only time I can get a little bit of happiness out of her is if I spray fell away all over the house. Yep. Um, but when that goes away, she's a very moody, horrible girl, which is unlike her. And you say she's eleven. Yes. Yeah, so um, older animals sometimes love having a new um, grandchild, so to speak, around. Sometimes it's just they don't want uh, a new one. They want the old one back. Grief can okay. go on for a year, years even. Um, are, they, are they both girls, perhaps? Yes. So two girls together are twice as likely to fight in the dog and cat world. Um, and um, it would have been better to get a different breed type if possible but I know people love the particular breed types they like um, at the behaviour conference I was at last week in Sydney it is something that you have to watch very closely when you've got multiple cats in the house there's some that are compatible and there's some that just are never going to be compatible so you basically have to set up the house in two zones so okay. one zone for the older cat with litter tray scratching pose food water toys elevated refuges and the same in a different area for the kitten um, the problem is as you go from one area to the other you're transferring the aroma 
of one to the other. Sometimes that helps and you can do that via toweling. So you rub a towel over the kitten, rub that towel over the older cat. But if yeah. it's already not happy, you're actually exacerbating that fear, making it more reactive and more likely to be aggressive earlier. So, okay. I did all of the gradual introduction yes. and, I, and I did the towel rubbing and transferring yeah. of scent and I've got cardboard boxes for them to Good. hide in. But it, it seems to be centred around me. Wherever yes. I am, yep. the, there's, there's fights. And that's the main focus for animals, as you said. She became more attached to you, more yes. dependent on you. Um, I would make sure that she's on a senior diet. We can actually yep. have a, a JD Hills diet, a joint diet that has extra um, fatty acids and things in it that help with the onset of dementia, which at 11 she will have uh, cognitive awareness issues. So okay. that might be a good idea. The feel away is a good idea. We can go down the track of anti-anxiety medication to help as well. But unfortunately, the kitten will be learning all of this nastiness from that yep. cat and may apply it in the future or take yep. it out and redirect it to you. So, And I have noticed that starting to happen. Yeah. So it's something that they were talking about in the conference. Sarah from England, a wonderful veterinary behaviour specialist, was saying it, it can take years for animals to get used to each other, but it's the toll it takes on each of the animals as well as you. Is that a fair and reasonable thing to do? Okay. So you're doing all the things you can, but I would keep them totally separate as much as separate. you can. Separate. Yeah. Okay. Sorry all right. about Thank that. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks, Roz. Bye. Cheers, Roz. We've got Val now from Fern Bay, and she's got a question if dogs can have the chocolate treats that are in the pet aisle. Yeah, the chocolate treats are not actually chocolate. They're actually carob. Oh. So it's, uh, and the smaller the dog, the more acutely sensitive they are to uh, the um, chocolate, uh, the phenylalanine that's in it. So it actually causes them to get excited and really bounce around the house and then they go into depression and, and yeah, and finally death if it's overload. So oh. it can be very dangerous, but the carob is, is not as lethal. There you go, Val. Have that answers your question? Okay, thank you. Thanks, Val. It is Pet Chat on 2 and you are FM. Now, Cheryl, you mentioned a little bit earlier in the program about cleaning teeth. Yes, it's really important to clean dogs' teeth. We often don't think about it, but if you are thinking about what happens in our health, there's a real link between um, bad um, oral hygiene and kidney and heart disease. So we've come a long way knowing that our pets also suffer these things. If we are to clean our dog's teeth, it can really help prevent a lot of costly um, problems. So not, in, not having to have your dog's um, teeth scaled and clean. You can make such a big difference. By removing the plaque, it stops that tartar from forming. And this will slowly, um, if, it, if it's not removed, it slowly builds up into a calculus and goes down into the gingival margin of the gums. And really what's happening then, bacteria is entering into the dog's system, just like in ours, and it starts to eat away at the bone. And also um, those teeth can become loose. And at the same time, the dog is suffering from heart and liver disease from that bacteria that's there. 
some of our kibbles, like we were talking about some kibbles for the cats and, uh, and dogs, do help remove a little bit of the plaque. But if your dog is being fed mostly soft or mushy food, then this isn't really going to help. Um, and also some dogs are really lazy when it comes to kibble. They don't want to eat it, particularly your toy breeds. They just want to just slurp up their sloppy food. So... You need to get a toothbrush. Look, there's many, many brushes available. Some are long-handled, long got brushes on either end, a large one and a small one. Sometimes you can have the little ones that go over your finger, like a little finger cap, and you can use that to brush not just the teeth, but you need to concentrate on the gum as well, just using small circular motions um, with toothpaste now not a human toothpaste because human toothpaste um, is toxic to dogs usually there's artificial sweeteners in them and there's also fluoride so you must get a dog toothpaste there's plenty on the market some are you know some dogs love the the chicken one others are into the beef one but whatever you use make sure it is um, designed um, for a pet you need to use um you need to do it really, really regularly because if you don't, you're going to just allow that calculus to, to keep building up. Sometimes you need to make sure that your pet is enjoying it. To start with, you can just put a little bit of that paste onto your finger and just rub it to get the dog used to the taste and you'll find that they really do enjoy it. So just like with us, it can save you a lot of money if you do this prophylactically. You won't have to go and get the teeth scaled and your pet won't have a smelly breath. And I think that's pretty important. Very important, especially when you're talking about, Cheryl, with the, uh, the calculus. The stuff that we can see on the outside and the top of the teeth is, is, it looks terrible. But it is, as you said, the more important part is when that bacteria forces its way down the gum, you've lost, lost uh, an integral barrier that keeps the bacteria out uh, of the, the body and the bloodstream. And then once that bacteria starts to go down the root, it starts to break down the, the bind between the tooth and the bone and the tooth starts to get loose and that then also the bacteria go through the bone into the bloodstream and that's how it gets around to liver, kidney, heart. Um, there are some people around who think by just um, scraping the, the tartar off the outside, that fixes the problem. It doesn't. No. The other thing I sometimes recommend is um, people just using a washer um, and the washer is a bit rough like a towel. Yep, like a soft cloth. Yeah, yeah. And, mm -hmm. and that the dog is, I guess, like playing tug-of-war. So tug-of-war toys can help and the more they growl, the more it stimulates saliva, the more that helps to, to clean, but also just rubbing. And it is the outside of the top teeth that is the more critical. It also depends on mouth shape. So different breeds have mm. different direction instead of the teeth opposing each other and keeping each other clean, if you like, by um, just rubbing, then they can actually impinge on the other teeth. So you've got to watch closely and it helps the dog to be able to learn and, and be able to accept handling. Yeah. But so. the other thing is it's still important to get your vet checked as well. You know, those teeth, anything can happen. I've noticed another thing that happens quite often with dogs that are really focused on tennis balls. They'll yes. often get that, that fibre in between their incisor teeth. Plus they wear the incisors heaps because they're grabbing the, the fur and you actually see the wearing on the, the front top and bottom teeth. And, you know, either it's been um, chasing a tennis ball all its life or it's been a very itchy dog and it's been chewing at its own back and yeah. it's worn the, the teeth away. In people, we would be in agony if the dentine, um, the sensitive part of the tooth is exposed. But we think in dogs, the dentine actually grows over the top, depending on how much of the tooth you've eroded. But still, 
as you said, Cheryl, a, a, a proper vet check, um, just a general exam. If they're concerned, then going to, unfortunately, an anaesthetic because dogs and cats don't necessarily stay still while you're prodding little <laughs> measuring devices down their gum line. I don't know why. Um, and so, yeah, and that can cost a fair bit, but prevention is much better than cure. Yeah, and it's so easy. Yeah, yeah. and there are great diets out there, raw meaty bones, dental chews, pig's ears, yes. antlers, uh, deer antlers. Have you had those? Yeah, but I, I was sort of wondering about those. They're, They're very, safe, very hard. And very sharp. Yeah, yeah. The safety issues, I think, oh, H&S, it's supposed to be a good thing for your animal, not yeah. actually be yeah, <laughs> no. a, a WH&S risk. Yes. All right, cheers, guys. Thank you very much. I might go brush my teeth and I'll get down this afternoon after hearing all that. Oh, yeah. I could do it after the show, Greg. No, no, sorry. Right, we could, <laughs> could do it right now if I wanted to. <laughs> We're almost coming to a close for another week. And Cheryl, you've got our pet of the week. I have. It's actually two little pets of the week. Oh. Little little foxies. There's two sisters, Lily and Sparkles, and they're four years old. They're really devoted to each other. They're great with other dogs, but they'd probably suit a family... Um, just with just to be by themselves. They do like getting special attention. Uh, they're very friendly around new people and want to meet and go out and about. They're happy to chill in the backyard also. Lily has begun playing with a few toys. She loves her walks and she gets quite excited when she sees her leash. Sparkles adores people and any kind of attention is just great. She also loves going for a walk with her sisters and they both walk well together. So be nice you can get out and about for more information you can contact jackie on 0407 807 733 or you can go to dog rescue um, www.dogrescuenewcastle.com.au fees do apply or you can go on our two in your rfm pet chat website and have a look at these beautiful puppies lily and sparkles almost two for the price of one you could say but not quite not quite <laughs> Now, we had someone ring us a bit earlier. I think it was Sue, and she was asking for advice as well about adopting a rescue dog. The important thing is to make sure that you have the appropriate, yeah, you've got your house ready. If you go to um, the RSPCA website, rspca.org.au, there will be a section there. Go to questions about pet selection, and it'll tell you the who, what, where, when, why, and how of adopting animals. So... Make sure the house is ready, that people are going to do all the work, picking up the poo and feeding the animal and exercising it and training it and interacting with it for that 10 to 12 years of life. Rescue animals are great, but they come with emotional baggage. Are you ready to take that on? And usually people ask me what sort of an animal, and I say a female, two-month-old, two short-haired, crossbreed, um, of a reasonable character and... An ideal student in a class is something I said to a teacher once, and that's really what you're looking for. An ideal student? Uh, yeah, an ideal student in the class. That's right. Sorry, a teacher asked that question. And so I said, yeah, you look for the best kid in the class. They're um, compliant. They go over to the mother. They come back. They come over to you, go back. People always want to select the one that rushes over to them. But unfortunately, they're selecting hyper-attachment, over-attachment. They're going to have that dog sitting on their lap for the rest of life. And if they like that, that's great. If it's a great Dane, not so good, especially in summer. Um, if the dog is sitting at the back of the pan, it is scared and worried and, and might be just aloof and doesn't really want to go anywhere and doesn't really want to develop a relationship with you. So it is a very tricky one. So you need to go through and tick all the boxes to make sure you're ready to adopt a cat or a dog, or a bird, or a guinea pig, or a rabbit. 
And it is important to do that homework. It really is. So many people make a mistake jumping into the wrong pet. And they look at all the wrong websites Mm -hmm. as well. So don't get sucked in by the language on the website. Test it. Ask for wisdom of neighbours and friends. Very Very good. good. Dr Bob, I hate to cut you off, but we're out of time. (laughs) Thanks, Greg. Have a good day. No worries, Cheryl. Thank you. See you next week. Yes, back next week. Very good. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com. <laughs>